You're listening to Red Nation Online. Saturday, May 14th. We're all back from BMO Field. Tim Vickery, Steve Perry, and I'm Ian Clark. And this game can be summarized in one word. Disappointment. A 2-0 lead blown where TFC were actually lucky to come away with a 2-2 draw. Once again, it was Yao Plata that was the engine and inspiration. But when the weather turned and he left the pitch, all the fight was gone from the Reds. Where did it go wrong? Who should be leading this team on the field so this doesn't happen again? All in the next 30 minutes on East Side Stand Up. Well, I'm bringing this in because now we're back. We're drying off, and uh, I guess the overall mood fits the weather for the night as we've returned from uh, a two-two draw. A bit of pathetic fallacy, if you would, if you will. Yes. Pathetic fallacy. We we should explain this to the people. Pathetic fallacy is a literary technique that uh, is used to have the um, the weather match the uh, action that's going on, or like the you know, I guess in this case, the game. If you if you will, and after a two two nil lead going into uh, pretty much, we kind of feel sick about this game because it's it, they they played pathetically in the end. I guess is the pathetic fallacy metaphor here. Yes. Well, I just didn't imagine this game was going to end the way it did after the beginning of the um, the second half and uh, and being two uh, two nil up. I thought that we were a quantum leap away from uh, from. Where, where the game ended. Yeah, but you know, going into this game, I was uh, I didn't expect anything. Like I I didn't expect to win because yeah, sure, Gordon, no, no, coming into the game because Gordon's injured, he was on the bench, and so I th- and you know where our goals haven't don't come when Gordon's not playing, right? So I didn't expect us to score, and um, f- for sure I figured Chicago would. So I was going into this game thinking, and then they played well, like relatively speaking. First you know. half for sure. Well, yeah, the first half, the first half, uh, we looked a Until much, the rain much, came, a much better team because the rain started at the second half. Mm-hmm. Maybe the rain was the uh, one of the. No, factors. I don't think so. I don't right, think. Though. I think. The, I think the biggest deciding factor in this game was the substitution of Platter yeah. by Vinter. I, I hope I'm wrong. Actually, I think you're right. About but this. I think that Vinter may have thought that we got the three points, and thought, let's bring off my like young superstar. Star. Player um, of the week. Player of the week. MLS player of the week. Yeah. Let's bring him off and let's get someone else to run out and sit, but get Stavanovic on there and see how, you know, with, with a, a two-goal cushion, let's see whether he game. can get a goal as well. I think that was a deciding moment in it. I don't think the weather had, had fuck all to do with it. No, I think you're right. I think... Uh, but I think it'll become part of the story tomorrow. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure Vincer's going to use the weather as the excuse. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to take the fault for this. Well, the weather um, played certainly played a, a distinct, or the the, the the wetness of the pitch play, uh, played a distinct advantage in the two goals that we scored. Uh, the platter strike within what was in the ninth minute. The ninth minute. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a, a stunning strike from before. It looked yeah. like about 30, 40 yards out. No, it was a bit. It was a bit closer. Oh, really? Yeah, he came in, but he started out. But it was he outside, It was like, totally outside of the eighteen, though. Yes, but he picked up the ball on the wing quite far out and cut in. 
to a okay, perfect so spot. Okay, so probably about 20 yards out then. And, um, That's right. Hard, uh, low. low, and fast. The far post, too. Yeah, and he Beautiful. took it. It was a classy, very pretty goal. And uh, he celebrated it very well as well and uh, didn't leave the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> so went straight to the corner, though. He went as close as you could. To the, he, he was just sort of no, making the right No, it's a beautiful, beautiful goal. And he should, uh, everyone should tip their hat to this sort of young talent. And he didn't give emerged. up after that. I mean, he continued to uh, show flair. Well, that's, that's why I think that he, he was a deciding point. And, like, we looked dangerous all the time that he was, like, in the attack. Yeah. The moment that we didn't have him in the attack, we seemed to go onto the back foot because mm -hmm. there were... There were there weren't options up front, and Stevanovic, I mean, he doesn't look half the player that Platter does a at the moment. He's awful, and uh, I also think Mike Santos had like an uninspiring game. I mean, dis despite that he scored a goal, I think you know generally he wasn't making the challenge and just it wasn't up for it. Well, he doesn't look like he, he looks best to me when he's isolated and far up the field, when he's actually in the cut and thrust of things. Yeah. I mean, we've said this in the past. He doesn't look like he's kind of into it. He doesn't dig it. And yeah. I think tonight that really showed. He didn't look like he was really enjoying and he wasn't like committed 100%. It, it reminds me of like times when we, you know, when we had like Laurent Robert and he was just, you know, got, his ego got the best of him. I, yeah. I feel like uh, maybe Clearly Santos is, uh, maybe this captaincy has gone to his head a bit. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is that even through the first half, you could see, like my impression was that, you know, we were looking good in the first half and ultimately got that goal right in the second half because Toronto just looked like they had more fight. And Chicago yeah. didn't look like they had anything. They really looked like the, you know, Tim, you always use the expression, you know, they had no game. Like they looked like Chicago had no game. And then you All take Plata out and you get the spirit was kind of kicked out. And that out was it. And, you know, it's, and, it, and it's to, to reinforce how important Plata has been over the last week or two is that, you know, he, he scores the first goal, which he did last week. And then the second goal from Santos has been set up by Plata. And that's what happened last week as well. So two home games in a row, it was, it was Plata doing all the work to, to get the team. Yeah, uh, I think when, two uh, when we took uh, Plata off the pitch, I think we, in effect, took the wheels off of the attack. Yeah. And uh, then that just left us at the mercy of uh, Chicago's attack. Yeah. And um, I, I just don't think that we soak pressure. We can't soak up pressure well. Yeah, like but we, we can keep the pressure off by attacking, and we yeah, don't of have course, an it's the best form of uh, defense. Yeah, is attacking. It's a, a good offense. All the, all the time, the ball's in their half. Then we don't have to worry about like Stefan having to make saves. So all of a sudden, we had to defend. Yeah, and it was it was unfortunate because at two 0 up um, in the you know in the driving rain in the cold. Yeah, it was a it wasn't a bad feeling, but then it all started to fall apart slowly. And you could feel actually like, I mean, we already made the comparison, but even the mood completely went with that as as it came yeah. down the team you know they scored that we should mention too the the goals that chicago scored i mean the first goal they scored was, was beautiful it was a beautiful free kick just yeah, yeah. At, just outside the uh, 18 yard there's questions about whether or not it was a free a kick yeah but when you're two nil up it's, who gives a shit like you know we should be really well that's how i think the ref felt when he made the call but you know i really think that it wasn't you can't necessarily like, a kick. you can't be two nil up and like expect everything to go your way right i mean you're you're in the you're in the you're in the command driver's seat you i know. know no no but there was a battle there at the top of the 18 where you know it was a wet pitch and these guys both went down at the same time they didn't look like they contacted with each other and the ref was right there. Hey, the ref was on. The ref was making a lot of good calls. I mean, I, Chicago was getting carded a lot. Uh, two was, cards. He yeah. was he was stamping all over that sort of wing uh, where they were like sort of Tachani and uh, and Platter were running down. Um, so the ref played a fair game. So I don't think we can argue about one decision. 
I mean, the goal went, it was beautifully taken, went up and on, up over the wall, straight in the back of the net. Right, yeah, right off the... I think the second goal, like the second goal we can argue about, or not argue about, but we can be unhappy about, but I think more from the way that our defence handled it than we gave them too much time and too much space. Yeah, and Steve, you had some good points. I, I'm you, still not you, happy with the ref's call on that. Shit. I, you, can, you can tell me I can't argue it, but I, I, no, I'm, I'm in this league, with, with the MLS refereeing, yeah, the way it is? Argued all day long. I mean, sure, sure, it's not the it's, worst we've seen. It's like a roulette, Will. But nonetheless, I don't think, I think there was, it was a factor. Anyway. Point taken, Steve. We'll now, <laughs> now, on our way home, on our way home, we, I get a text message from a, uh, a colleague here saying, and in uh, reference th- to the second goal, yes, and Steve Perry and him have a back this and is, forth. This is from Andre. Andre in Toronto texts me and says, "Gargan sucks," um, and that's usually the extent of uh, his contribution to the to the topic at hand. And uh, Steve here, you know, it's it's a little bit unfair because uh, you're familiar with the positioning or the actually that's the position I play on my own team. And uh, when we saw the second goal. Uh, I guess Garden could be faulted for not uh, going out on the attack, uh, going out to um, close down uh, to to basically uh, you know challenge the player who was coming in on the wing, and that left open space for him to cross it. Um, I would actually fault Adrian Kahn for this because Kahn was right behind him, and Kahn should have said, spoken to him and said, you know, uh, make him do something. Like he should have just told him to go to him. Uh, because Khan would have been in a, an excellent position to once the guy tried to go around him to pick up the ball that was loose if he be, if, if he had beaten Gargan, uh, but because there was no communication there, Gargan was trying to jockey him to buy time, but also to see if he could make a mistake. And that's what you do with forwards; you try try and uh, capitalize on their mistakes so that you can t- uh, turn over the ball. I, I think Gargan played it exactly the way he should have played it, uh, and Khan should have uh, talked to him. There should have been some communication. Yeah, no, yeah, time. that's uh, that was. Uh, and so you can you can blame a, Gargan a very, for it. That's a very fair comment. Yeah, it's a, it wasn't a necessarily an individual um, error. It was a, a like a group. Effort. It was a team. It's an error of right. communication, yeah. breakdown it, in communication. And it is worth noting that, and maybe someone, whether it's in the comments after or whatever, can point it out because I don't. You would we wouldn't have seen it on the replay, and as you followed the play. The player scored for Chicago. There was no one there. Like there was no one around this guy. He well, came in out of nowhere. Well, that's yeah. the that's the that's the problem. That's actually side too. When right? uh, when uh, when Gargan was standing there, like sort of you know left right left right, and that was allowing the Chicago so much more time to get into a forward position, mm-hmm. uh, and they had like loads of time. It was yeah. it must have been a good four to five seconds yeah, yeah. of the ball being static with no one challenging him. And everyone was running in, and the end result was, I mean, it was a scrappy goal they scored, but fuck it, a goal's a goal. Right, I mean, but uh, that's it. I mean, he came in the back door, and there's no one, there was nobody within it's, within it's five, shame, six feet of him. The thing that kind of annoys me about this was, because we were, we were yeah. in the driving seat in this game, I'm without a doubt, the three points were ours. Um, mm-hmm. um, it, it was, it's just unfortunate that, like, the, the free kick, you know, whatever... But that scrappy goal that lost us the the yeah. other two points—it's unfortunate. And and how I feel—I I mean, I was saying to you, I felt sick about it because uh, going into this game, I didn't feel like we had a hope and a hell of a result. And then we were up to nothing, and I felt and, and I felt that by the end we had lost the game. And I, I just and you watched it coming, and it took a long time to happen. But oh, this, it was like this seems and, so- and Chicago was hungry. And you know, to quote uh, Julie. Uh, Julie from behind us, who sits behind us, she said, "You know, Chicago came here to play. They played ninety minutes. Yeah, Chicago came to play a full game. And that, and, 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 and that goal might have been scrappy, but that guy was like 
down and out and still trying to push the ball in the net. Like yeah, that's it wasn't determination. It wasn't, it's not a done deal until the done deal is done. And, and they almost determination. They almost won the game yeah. in the 89th minute. Oh shit, it. man! Stephen Fry saved us big time. He did, yeah, yeah. That he with that cat-like reflex Oof. again. Uh, you know, getting his wingspan out there and he just. Uh, like his hand just that that almost off. certainly looked like uh, off the far that was going to go be- in. That was a beautiful save. Like that's another. Like you know, last year he had one of those too, right? Uh, oh, he has. He's had a number of them this year already. <laughs> he almost has them at one again. It scares me that he's had that he's had so many. Well, this, year. this team now is starting to take on this sort of um, the the appearances of kind of like a little bit of a, a schizophrenic. If you watched how they played midweek against Dallas, mm-hmm. um, it was a very uh, it was a very uninteresting dull. Uh, game which was uh, um, very uneventful. There wasn't much in it that you could really sort of, you know, sort of get excited about. No. Um, today we've seen a first half that, and a, and, and a first half that we clearly dominated and played very, very. Ent- it was it was the first time that we'd had the e word really. I think like the entertainment, <laughs> like you know the. There it, was at one point De Guzman did this turn on the ball oh, right to Plata, and Plata did some flick, and I was just like flick to flick, and I was like, "Oh, this team is like Barcelona this, light." Where, yeah. did, where did this team come from? Uh, and you know, I we even saw like to be fair, we even saw like players like Suzma yeah, and yeah. Tachani stepping up and yeah. great runs, like creative players like, that players play. that we've criticized in the past doing uh, having great games or good games anyway you know much better than normal yeah, start, even actually they're, start, they're starting well to get today. their head up and also the other thing that you noted as well steve the interplay between the positioning of uh tony charney and de guzman mm-hmm. when de guzman was pushing up in the attack tony was dropping in in his like sort of backline role yeah, yeah and they were rotating that then when tony run up de guzman was dropping back so there was this kind of we think this might be their total football yeah uh, total their total football like sort of reconfiguring yeah as exactly the, depending yeah. on the shape Each, of the... as as someone goes up someone else drops back to sort of you know fill in the gap so i mean it was it was a it was a great first half of football disappointing in the end i didn't expect it to end that way mm-hmm. yeah but it, but it was interesting because we saw the formation starting to work in terms of i guess what Venter's trying to develop here right well you can definitely see over the last you know, even though we didn't get the result midweek, and today technically we didn't get the result, I think over the last two weeks maybe, save for Seattle, which was a complete um, debacle, um, there has been at least a little bit of progression in terms of the team coming together, a little bit more cohesiveness. And you're just talking about schizophrenia, a little bit in the results, but specifically now within the 90 minutes of play, which I think is better than going from game to game, which we would see you know, in 2009 and 2010 where they'd show up and have a great game and then show up and have a brutal game. At least, you know, at least this game, you know, from last weekend against Houston was a great game. Midweek against Dallas wasn't a great game, but on the road, you know, I'll take that over the Seattle game. Mm-hmm. And then back home today, at least we played, you know, 60 minutes and they didn't close out. So you can take, <coughs> think my point is that you can take this game and extract something from it and say, okay, we did do some things good. Yeah, and we are we are great. Yeah. And we are progressing some things. And this is what happened is maybe Aaron Vinter needs to look at this result and say, okay, um, you know, two, up 2-0 two and without a game for a full week, I don't need to arrest Plata and pull him early when he's clearly showing signs that he is yeah, the spark. Let's hope he learned from this experience because I really, I, you know, the more I think about it, I think Tim's exactly right. I think this, uh, this loss or this tie could squarely be blamed on Aaron Vinter. And uh, I don't care if you want to blame the media again. It's your fault. 
Yeah, uh, one of the one of the press stories this week was TF, TFC's Vinter blast media because they're giving him too much of a hard time. He's going on about how back in Holland uh, there's more media silence or whatever. I'm like, you got to be kidding me! You think we're dumb or something? Um, he, and this this was this was in in reaction to the criticism that he was getting for, you know, asking what's going on with Atacora. Um, I don't know if you guys have been following that story at all, but um, oh yeah, the Rosario okay. tweeted Atacora saying. Uh, the drama continues, Nana. Keep your head up. And, uh, you know, the press went, you know, what's going on with Atacora? Because, you know, he's one of, clearly one of our better players, and he's sat on the bench since April. Apparently not, though, Steve. Well, according to Vinter, he's not. And, um, it's, and you know, interestingly, he's the longest-serving TFC player right now in the squad. And uh, he's being punished for not signing this contract. And, every, and every, he's trying to deflect this. So this is my smoke and mirrors. He's trying to deflect this. By saying, you know, he's just not good enough. Exactly what you're saying. That's his. That's his line. But you know, yeah. But in those, in, kid? but in those instances where a player's not good enough and hasn't been played since April and has only got two starts this year, then you get rid of them. Sure, you would. Why I mean, is he, and why are you trying to resign him? Vin, yeah. uh, Vinter, following Vinter, the logic. Following Vinter, Vinter logic. hasn't had any uh, any uh, issue with getting rid of players. It, players so that don't it, cut the mustard just yeah. get dropped or transferred or, yeah. or sold. So obviously they're trying to put pressure on him to sign for the. So the year, the right? argument that he's the reason he's not playing is because he's not good enough is I I think kind That's of rings hollow. Yeah. yeah. And it's interesting that you know you mentioned this about him uh, having an issue with the media and this is a guy who played in Syria. I think he yeah. should be used to the, the, the <laughs> if media. There, if ever there was a media center. That that, Italy, that yeah. wrote ridiculous stories and was all over them. Well, would be, I think uh, I think um, obviously like he's he's attending these press conferences and they're like his responses are going to be heavily scripted. Like he's he can't just turn around and say what he wants to say. Like the media office, I'm sure the front office and the communications directors are have told him to blame the media. Well, no, no, they've, no they've told him to sort of you know this is these are the talking points. This is yeah. the script. So, like when they when the when when like John Molinaro starts like sort of barking about like Nana and like uh, Nana's agent, and then it's all start, and then you see uh, De Rosario tweeting about like you know, you know, hope it you know in in essence basically saying like I hope it's all all, all right or you know it'll, yeah it'll get better. Um, for him to just turn around and say basically you know he's a great player but he's not playing very well at the moment so and we don't want to get rid of him. You know, it's it kind of just makes doesn't make sense. Well, yeah, it's a head scratching moment. For yeah, sure. yeah but if you, they did do the uh, like on there. Thursdays, it's usually like the media day. They're allowed to get down to the practice, and there was the video of of Vinter being interviewed and and sort of pressed from the media. And you know, I in that regard, I do give him credit because if you watch the video, he does come across. It doesn't come across scripted. Like he is genuinely, he's answering the questions straight up. Yeah, but he's, he's just not like, going to turn around and say, "Oh yeah," like. Uh, um, Nana said um, he doesn't want to sign the contract, so sure. we're going to punish him. But my my point yeah, is, that we're not going to let him play football anymore. So no, there's a bunch of gamesmanship because going. No, but he doesn't my, want to do what we want him to do. Right, and my, but my point He's is, it's not say that. it's not robotic like we saw with Preki, who would just kind of be like, eh, "He's not playing good," you know, and just kind of like that would be, and, and then you would get nothing. Right, so there'd be no interaction. So, so we should uh, we should pat Vinter on the back because well done, he's a better. Well, what on Vinter for playing the media so yeah. well? Sure, okay, but anyways, really? but you think that's a better thing? You guys are being mean to me right now. Like, <laughs> let me let me follow us up on the other side of this though. When you have you're trying winter, to say he's genuine, and I don't I don't buy it. Really, I don't buy it. Okay, so this is we are in smoke and mirrors right now. Steve, we are. So, but um, 
to sort of do on the flip side of that, and we've had to, to, to sort of like touch on two points or to add two points to, you know, Vinter coming on board with Toronto FC. And, and the one thing that I find was the one red flag of bringing Vinter on board was his glaring inexperience. And when you have something like today, when he brought out Plata with a 2-0 lead, that showed inexperience. Yeah. And then you sure. have him having to deal with media when his only experience is a youth coach with Ajax. Certainly, he's never had to deal with, as a head coach, yeah. the media scrutinizing his decisions or scrutinizing what's going on with the club. He's not going to have any frame of reference on how to deal with that in a good way. And that's why I'm. I, that's why I'm almost certain that the media office at uh, at BMO is preparing talking points for him. They're scripting it. Yeah, and and, and he's and not going to go out there like without them saying like. I mean, like he's a new boy, the, and keeping the press out as much as possible, right? So anyway, moving along to um, a- another point that we think is um, probably worthwhile uh, talking about was um, something that Steve uh, had brought up uh, during this game and, and the last couple of games that we've been watching. Do you want to expand it, Steve? Uh, well, Santos, I, I guess, is the, Sa- the Santos performance and uh, and whether he deserves the captain ban. And I kind of, I just want to, maybe I'd like to hear from uh, the listeners out there about uh, what you think. Do you think Santos deserves to wear that captain ban? Uh, is there another uh, more someone more appropriate to be wearing it on the team? That's a very okay. very good question. Now here's one something I want to throw to you though, Steve, because mm-hmm. we've had this discussion before. And we've kind of like almost in a joking way put this out there, um, because Santos really hasn't looked good through the early part of the season, and when he arrived at Toronto FC last summer, he looked good out of the gate. We were excited about the prospects. Because of the weather. Are you going to bring up this weather? I am going to bring up the weather. I think, I'm, I I'm gonna bring, I think it might be valid. And, and let's just, let me just back this up with two examples of Brazilian footballers. I'm speaking of um, Luis Fabiano, and I'm thinking of uh, Julio Batista. And Fabiano was notorious for, uh, played at Sevilla, did excellent there. But prior, he played uh, in, in northern France and did brutal. And in his last hang on, hang on, hang on. There's been a series of of high profile Brazilian footballers playing for Milan over the years. Sure. And Milan has one of the most the coolest climates in Italy. You can't tell me that, like. No, but I'm telling you, there is a correlation between some some Brazilians uh, and not wanting to play in cold weather. Okay. And and he's even said like when uh, maybe when he, the when, money they get at Milan makes it play in well, the cold weather yeah. more bearable. Well, that's true because you have a team now like Blackburn, yeah, right, or a club like Man City and Fabiano or who's who was supposed to go to Blackburn, Ronaldinho, or just like you know what, I think I'd rather go back and play in Brazil. Or, or you have someone like Batista, who his whole his whole cycle of his career was yeah, he but was I think playing with the English in, thing though. It's like they they just can't get their head around the culture, the the chips. The tea, <laughs> the pies, the the gray the gray skies. You know, well, that's the, it. The, the cobbled stone streets. Wait, and... you just mentioned the gray skies <laughs> yeah. and the cold and well, the rain. Well, it doesn't. No, it's cut gray like most of the time. Yeah. So. Okay, but look, there might be another thing. There's another history in Brazil I... with Brazilian football, which is match fixing, and that's also been a story in the media this week. Um, and maybe, maybe, uh, maybe he's getting paid. Oh, to not play so well. Well, you know what? Maybe my maybe my point is 
There's you many know theories out there, right? <laughs> if he doesn't well, pick at it. one point I thought he's Brazilian. He maybe he's on the take because they were talking about um I guess the That's Serbian one of the craziest Eagles. theories I've ever heard, of, Steve. Of course. But I, but you know, it went through my head it went through my head tonight. I was thinking maybe we, maybe someone else is paying him. But you've read the fix. <laughs> You've read the fix. Right? I have read the fix, so. and and you know it makes me uh, think anyway. twice about no, it. No, anyways, I know it's. I certainly don't think Santos is on the take. I, I just don't no, think he's got the legs for a full game. Well, that's it. And you know, I'm not. I know I'm being a bit absurd, and I'm. It's kind of a. Story. I don't think it he's, is a, I don't think he's gonna have circuit. the legs for the games and when it's thirty th- degrees here or whether it's thirteen. I also think that MLS is not really the league that. Uh, people are betting much on especially not the toronto team what, is he like, did anyone expect he's, toronto to, he's, he's, to win tonight he's, he's playing really? in the pro, i did i predicted them to win he's put, no, 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 he's put in the uh, pro what are they called the pro picks the no, uh, pro line pro line <laughs> he's trying to throw the pro pro line <laughs> two dollar bets yeah yeah i do think it's ridiculous but anyway I just, I, I don't know, a, but I don't, but I don't think, the, I don't think the weather is that ridiculous, actually. I, no, I, and you I know what? My, 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 I had two very strong points in Fabiano and Batista because Batista went from Zavia to somewhere else, and then to uh, Roma, and then he goes back to Malaga, and he's all of a sudden in southern, at the very southern tip of Spain, and he's lighting it up. And then you have Fabiano, who would have rather gone back to Brazil. Then end up in, in but, but I've also, well, look, at I've also re- look at Rubinho. Look at Rubinho. He's shit. Yeah, he was. Well, when he played for uh, Man City, I mean, a lot most most of the time he was kind of like sort of just looked like he was on the pitch but doing nothing. Look, I looked a lot like uh, in in many ways like Santos. A lot of running and like looking and hands on hips and stuff like that. But I mean, he didn't like it there. I think it was more of a culture thing from him. He couldn't see himself like like living in Manchester. I've heard, but I've also heard Brazilians complain about the different leagues, and and they all say that they like the Spanish league. The Spanish league is like where they like to play. Yeah, I don't, I doubt MLS is where they like to play. No, no, it, it's probably just where a paycheck <laughs> I'd agree is with that. <laughs> Although the Galaxy has that uh, midfielder you, Juninho, and yeah, he's yeah. Really but do you good. think he likes to play here? I think he probably likes to play in Southern California. Maybe. He might not like to come up to Toronto to play, yeah. but I think he likes playing in Southern California sure. and hanging out with David Beckham and and. Uh, yeah, but given the choice of uh, playing in the uh, La Liga or the MLS, where would you think you'd rather play? Well, I'd rather play in the Liga. But if he had to play in MLS, I think Los Angeles is probably the only club he'd sure. go. If I was if I was going to play in the MLS, I think I'd rather be in LA. Yeah, it'd be it'd be great. <laughs> it would be. <laughs> I don't think I could play in beautiful so, stadium too. So the question we're throwing out there: um, Do you think that Santos should be the captain? And you can write in at uh, have your say at rednationonline.ca or info at rednationonline.ca. I would use info. I'd like to hear your. Uh, well, I, luckily, I have, both go right to my inbox. I have some <laughs> definite thoughts about it. I'm sure you guys do, but maybe we'll wait until we get uh, some feedback. Yeah, and it won't, well, it won't be Let's for up on this. a week and a half. And we got some uh, some stuff coming I'm up. Sure, Santos will <laughs> suck between now and then too. Well, you know what? Actually, it's worth noting that, and hopefully we'll get feedback. Yeah, but are we, hang on. Do we, do we suggest, are you suggesting that Santos sucks? No, I'm suggesting, no. I'm suggesting that he doesn't have that leadership. Does he, does he suck as a captain, or does he just suck? I think, it, it's I think not he, that he sucks at his captain. He just, I don't think he should be captain. He, he doesn't seems, have the characteristics. He seems uninspired, to... and you need somebody who's a motivating player to be a captain, right? Yes. A role model, a leader. Have you ever seen, since he's had the arm brand, uh, Mike on Santos, go to like Tony Chani and ream him out for a brutal play, or go to Gargan and ream him out and be like, or, "Listen, asshole, even, I need the ball on my feet." Or even challenge the here. ref on a call. Yeah, 
I've never seen him even get in it. Yeah, because well, like, most and of the you time know he's see, on the bench. You see Peterson. For 70 minutes of the game, he's on the bench. And funny yeah. enough is people you see who are the most passionate are Peterson, right? Um, we've seen Shawnee do it. Stephen Fry doesn't stop freaking out for 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and even I'd even put De Guzman in there. You see him in the mix more than, than Santos has been since he's well, been there. Well, send your on. comments in and your feedback and let us know what you think. Yeah, we'd love It'd to be, hear what you uh, think. very interesting to hear some thoughts. So, uh, what are we saying now? We're going to wrap this up, and uh, what's coming up? Well, we got we got Colorado next weekend, and then if that's I'm an away mis- game. Yeah, and then we have uh, Vancouver on the road, and then the Vancouver return match is uh, at BMO Field. Is when Spark? This is in, uh, no, this is the this is for the cup, though. Yeah, that's it. So, so we have I think we have Vancouver this week, Colorado that, on the weekend, and then Vancouver, Vancouver midweek. Not a league game, then. It's NCC. So this is for us to see who goes to the, to the CONCACAF Champions League. Yeah. Defending champs. Defend, yeah. Looking for a three-peat. Uh-huh. Well, a wet, chilly, uh, exciting one moment and then depressing night the next uh, down at BMO Field. Seems an appropriate pathetic fallacy moment. Yeah. Doesn't it? It does. Oh, well. But uh, as, as is the uh, want of a Toronto FC fan, we're always uh, excited about the next game. <laughs> <laughs> and come back and discuss. <laughs> Whinge, celebrate, whichever, all of the above. So this is uh, Timmy on the left. Stephen right. Spark in the middle. Right, Catch you later. Thanks for listening. Besides Stand Up is the only TFC-specific podcast breaking down the game, the home game at least, right after it happens. We want you to get involved. So if you're watching the game at home or even through the week come up with something, email us at haveyoursay at rednationonline.ca and help direct the discussion. Get your opinion across of what happened on the pitch today.